0: Welcome to Serious Fun, a podcast where real people have serious fun conversations about life, society, culture, and health. It's Brooks here. This week, my guest is Ben Walker. Ben is a member of the education team for The Strong Coach, a program that guides coaches in the health and fitness industry to building six- and seven-figure coaching businesses. Ben also has his own Steel Mace workout library, which you can find at BuiltByBenFitness.com. Ben and I met at the Strong Coach Summit in 2019 and we've had the chance to meet up a few times this year. On this occasion, we recorded in McCall, Idaho in October where we shared some fall time together for a coaches hangout. We talk about his transition into a nomadic lifestyle and Ben looks back on his history as a musical theater professional for lessons that improve his coaching. Plus, we saved a little something special so stay all the way until the end of this one. You will not want to miss it. I'm excited to present to you Serious Fun with Ben Walker. Enjoy.
1: (sighs) Where are we, Ben? We are at the Strong Coach Pop-Up HQ in McCall, Idaho.
0: God, it feels so good, man. It's so good to be here. And the the thing that you're doing is that you're really setting the hangout environment. Did you know that? That was the plan. And you're doing it with, like, insane accuracy and success. This is, this is what you set out to do about – it didn't take you that long. How long did it take you?
1: Uh, I got the idea a month ago.
0: Dude, that's crazy. Like,
1: it was, like, on my mind, and then it was towards the – Towards the end of August, I was like, moment of inspiration. I'm just going to text a bunch of friends like, yo, let's do this in Idaho. I've got nothing going on in October. I know y'all got nothing going on in October.
0: No doubt. Let's go to Idaho. Dude, there is something so infectious about your enthusiasm. It was a no-brainer that we were coming (laughs) to hang out. An absolute no-brainer that we were coming to hang out. And one thing that you're doing well right now is – You're living your values. You are committed to living unreasonably. And not only are you committed to it, but there is a... When people look at your life right now, people know that you're living pretty fucking unreasonably, right? Oh, hell yes. When did you step into this?
1: I really stepped into it right when the pandemic hit. Wow. Because that was... I'd been doing a little bit of bouncing around, but I hadn't really like that was when it really felt like living nomadically Mm. is just hanging out in San Diego. And Mike Bledsoe comes in the front door and goes, yo, Ben, I'm going to Utah in four hours. Are you coming? And we went, we drove through the night. What
0: does the king say? The, the king says yes. Yes, he does, dude. And we we
1: set up at this beautiful ranch in Idaho for the first two months mm. of quarantine. Yeah. So we had a blissful first two months because we were isolated. Mm. We were we felt very safe. Mm. We had we had good enough internet to do all the work that we needed to do, and we had this beautiful like we were looking. Outer back window at Zion National Park. Yeah. (laughs) And that was every morning for two months. Yeah. And from there, it leveled up into a place in Tahoe for a month. And it's kept going Mm -hmm. like that. But it all started right there.
0: Yeah. Here's here's one thing that I want to get straight right out of the get-go. Is that um, although your life changed in an instant of making the decision... It, it took a while to get there. It's so been a journey. Where sure. did you start? How you know what? I love this. Is all about stories. Let's tell Ben's story today. Okay. You down? Oh,
1: yeah, well, let's go for it, man. You go for it. Where did it start? Oh man. So, uh, I was raised by a mom who knew how to raise a spirited child. Is what I am to this day. Very spirited child. She's got a book that specifically is "How to Raise Your Spirited Child," oh, and wow. that is how she raised me because uh, I was right. Like as soon as I could walk, I was running. And she tells stories about having to tackle me and throw her leg on top of me so that she and my sister could take a nap because otherwise I'd get up to any sort of tomfoolery (laughs) always running around climbing on rocks you saw it yesterday that like imagine that in a five-year-old package i'm doing the exact same thing oh my gosh (laughs) yeah it was awesome and uh that that evolved into um me choosing i guess starting out as hobbies turned into career where if i wasn't 100 percent myself and gave 100% to what I was doing, then I wasn't doing my job. Like you, like musical theater, you can't skate by. You can't just be like, I'm just not going to sing this note tonight because I don't have it. You People are paying sometimes up to $200 for you to hit that note. Mm, damn. Like you have to be able to switch it on at a moment's notice, even if you feel like dog shit. Mm-hmm. As soon as you get off in the wings, right back on is like, Everything's awesome. So, what musical theater became was how I channeled that energy into something. Wow! Because uh, I was I was homeschooled uh, because my mom very quickly recognized that I was not going to work in a sit down for eight hours environments.
0: Yeah, public school isn't exactly made for spirited children. No,
1: well, it's uh, it's not made for humans either. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's made for factory work, made fa- human machine factory workers is yeah. what it's made for. It's very
0: reliable, very reliable yeah, for that.
1: Yeah, very reliable and very reasonable.
0: And now, very outdated. Exactly. Very outdated.
1: Exactly, with like what we know about how different kids learn, and even like the general things that you can apply to, you know, ninety nine percent of children schools the way schools are structured make no sense.
0: Yeah, especially considering that most of the time it's not a knowing of information, it's a using of information these days. And the things that they're training us for are no longer relevant a lot of times. So technology is sweeping a lot of the way that we learn, it's sweeping away a lot of the the ways that we do business, you know, economies are changing because of the internet and all these things, so yeah, uh, schools without (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about school, because that's what this conversation's about. Let's go for it, bro. Let's take it down. what, what, What we're really talking about is how it is not made for spirited children right and the point is is that you are taught to make decisions that fit the model that you're in and you didn't have to unlearn a lot of that stuff i imagine that is a is a great benefit Uh, but it comes with its own uh, own challenges i imagine homeschool and being a spirited child but you funnel that through your musical theater
1: yeah like people when people ask how do i socialize because that's the stereotype of kids who are homeschooled i don't know what they're talking about <laughs> <laughs> like I, I was i was very socialized like i was i was you know 10 years old hold held holding that's the word holding adult level conversations yeah with with people i was working with in a show mm. so similar to like what we were saying you were saying earlier about uh when you learn in when you can move in 360 degrees is when critical thinking comes on like yeah get him into rock climbing or get him into musical theater totally because that's a great way to channel that energy
0: I mean you were literally tap dancing earlier yeah so it's like you can tell you're just like oh there's Ben clearing some energy just doing some tap in the middle of the room yeah, but I mean doing ben things yeah but doing Ben things but the thing is it's like not not only is it a fun expression for you it's actually like oh, wow, Like there's so many different ways to express yourself. For somebody that doesn't have even that dance background, like, you might be a sports dad, right? And then your kid grows up, and you try to put them in the sport things, but maybe they need fucking tap in their life. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, oh, my
1: gosh, tap straight up therapeutic. Like, that mm. was my favorite class in college because I ended up going to uh, college for musical theater. Uh, so I took three years of tap there. And I always, it was like, always look forward to it unless I was really tired. And then I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Because it's it's a workout.
0: A workout. A
1: full on, Like a 90-minute tap class. And <laughs> I
0: imagine not just a workout, but like having to get out of your own mental way, you know, and just like be in that, zone, that zen state because it's just like pure rhythm the whole time. These cadences over and over and over. And then it's a switch cadence. And then there's a turn in there. And there's like, oh, you got to twist and you got to turn. Dude. Anything that can get your mind out of the way when you f- drop into that flow, st- I'm getting you so much right now. This flow state, you know, you have so much practice dropping into character, dropping into flow, and letting those things fall away from you. I see. This is, mm, this is Ben's story unfolding <laughs> in front of my eyes. Okay, so your musical theater, you do it in college, and then?
1: And then I did it professionally. I started, my first professional gig was the summer after my sophomore year of college. And then... I kept working through, um, 20, end of 2018 was the last show I did before I moved over to coaching. Uh, but over the course of that, I got to do some amazing productions and, uh, I, my, my favorite show that I've done is beauty and the beast, Mm. which I was on the national tour of that for two years. Yeah. So between that and. Three out of the regional productions, I performed the show over 600 times. Wow. And I would do it again.
0: Wow. I love
1: Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Love that. Like, so many of my stories begin with, oh, yeah, when I was on tour, this crazy shit happened. Yes. Because it was such an amazing part of my life so
0: many reps because it's not just the shows dude it's the prep for the shows how i mean thousands and thousands of runs ben this is a man 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 oh man
1: three weeks of rehearsal another week of tech and then a preview and then out on the road and the whole time you're like on the road you're also rehearsing making sure everything's clean sometimes someone gets hurt we had one. we had one show where the gaston usually has three silly girls around him, there were so many people out that we could only have two. Mm. So we were like, re- I was doing some crazy shit in the show that I had never, like no one in my track had ever done in the history of the show. Yeah. Because like this stuff never happened. Yes. Uh, so the, like the reps and then like, hey, here's this curveball. Mm. Or uh, like w- the first time I went on for The Beast because I was in the ensemble and I understudied The Beast and Gaston. The first time I went on, about 2 months into our first year uh was at intermission. I come off to do a quick change and the my dresser is like, "Hey, uh Ryan just threw up so you're probably going on." And I was like, "What? Huh?" And then the stage manager co- the assistant stage manager comes over and ambiguously because she's not the stage manager so she can't directly tell me, she's just like, "Hey, uh Kelsey the production stage manager wants to see you after this number." And I'm just like, Oh, my God. And I had to go back out and dance and sing. And the whole time I'm running the Beast's lines in my head. And then Whoa. Uh, come off stage at the end. Somehow the guy finished act one. <clears throat> come off stage and immediately it's like people taking off my ensemble costume, putting on the Beast costume. Someone's doing the makeup. Someone's doing the wig. Um, it's like they're putting on and taking off my costume at the same time. Yeah. And then Belle comes down and starts running lines with me. I like All happening at once. Whoa. And then it's like, okay, Go. Wow. That was, yeah, it was a, I did that twice and in I, the two years. <laughs> I imagine
0: that because, like, again, it'd be easy to fall asleep at the wheel thinking you're just going to play your part, not knowing other people's parts. The real bosses know other people's parts and can step into that. And that was the thing is
1: I love being prepared. Mm. I'm very good at being prepared for these things. So it said in my contract where I was saying, I understand the Beast and Gaston, the expectation was that I'd be ready to go on opening night. Wow. And I was. Mm. We had our first understudy rehearsal uh, two weeks into the first year of the tour and, like, I had my shit down pretty much. Like, a couple little tweaks here and there, but, like, I was off book. Other people were fumbling for their lines or the blocking and stuff, but I had it all because I made sure that I was ready to go on opening night, so that was then the thing is going on for for Act Two out of nowhere. I'm like, I got this, I know I have this. You know, and what was interesting was there was still a moment where like the Beast has to gesture to Bell and then like look at his ugly claw and like, oh, I'm sad, I'm a Beast, and I gestured out and my hand just started shaking, so I just grabbed it and pulled it back in because I was like I was so in it that like my body was just doing things yeah yeah like, I yeah. didn't even know like my body I guess was still nervous but like my in my mind I had it I had it down
0: right but I imagine even just the effect of like, it's like the, oh, oh, dramatic, you know? Yeah, like yeah. I'm, I'm sure it worked really well <laughs> on, on stage,
1: actually, because the Beast would have been shaky and nervous there anyway.
0: Yeah, no doubt, man. That is so much fun. So you get out of, uh, you get out of being a professional uh, theater performer and, and an actor and you move into coaching. Um, how, how long into your coaching before you came across the Strong Coach? Why did you join uh, uh, for the first time? And then, like, what really got you to stay?
1: So I'd been doing coaching and theater at the same time for a while. Theater still being the main thing, and coaching being a side gig. And then the more I got into the more I got into theater, and the more I got into coaching, I found that coaching was really where my heart was pulling me. That's what I was really interested in. Like it got I got to the point with theater where I was just trying to get a job, like going in for shows. Like oh, there's a part for me. I guess I'll go in. Mm. um and that that wasn't filling my cup anymore and then everything about fitness particularly the steel mace that's what really got me going here um was pulling my attention and right around the time i was finishing up this last show i the strong coach podcast came out and i knew some friends who had done it and i'd seen their results um like they don't, and they'd only just done the beta group. This was no, like November. They'd only just done the beta group that summer, and I listened to the Strong Coach podcast, and I went, "I want to sound like one of those coaches." Mm-hmm. Like they're, they know exactly what they're talking about. They're so authoritative. They're so assured. And according to Mike Bledsoe, that's what a strong coach is. And at that point, I. De- and, To this day, still, trust Mike Bledsoe, Mm. now with my life. Um, (laughs) Yeah, quite literally did that. (laughs) And uh, I got on the phone. Actually, well, first, I I cried to my mom. I cried to my dad. Uh, I texted my buddy Leo Yurkidis, who had Mm. been through the program. I was like, dude, I'm thinking about the strong coach. I'm scared to spend that money. He goes, Ben, fuck that money. You have it for a reason. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, all right. It, and I, it was exactly how much money I had in my savings account. Wow. And I went, okay, here you go. And went from that show to then spend a month at my mentor's gym, RX Strength Chain Training. Shout out Jeff Butterworth. He's the man. And uh, I did a, a working train case. What, what a name. Jeff Butterworth. He looks literally looks like... Leonidas. <laughs> oh,
0: Jeff like, Butterworth. Picture,
1: picture Leonidas in your head right now. Yeah. Got him. That, I got to learn from that dude for mm. a month. Um, and I still do every day. And the, so I spent a, a month-long train-cation. I called it a working train at his gym. And that was when I started The Strong Coach. And that's where I laid, started laying the foundations
0: mm.
1: of what the, the kind of coach that I was going to be and that led into when i came back to new york city i got a job at mark fisher fitness which is the most mind-bogglingly fabulous place to work <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a ridiculous ridiculous is the best way to describe it and i love every second of it um and i called my agent and said i want to take a hiatus from auditioning because i got that job and the thing was i had a phone call with mark and he was like hey So what's the status of your like theater career? Because we don't want people who are just gonna leave for a gig for six weeks. And I was like, all right, I guess I gotta go all in, and and I went for it. Mm -hmm. And that the whole time I was doing that, even after I finished the Strong Coach program, I went immediately into mentoring in the Strong Coach program. So like I was class four, I had a mentee in class five, and I had one in. I think I've had one in everyone except eight. Was the only one I didn't have a mentee in, and then that evolved into me becoming the next lead coach for the strong coach when Danny uh was ready to move on in the company and that's how we got here oh man cuz the the strong coach has has fueled the 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 unreasonableness <laughs> fire
0: well one thing that I want to h- really highlight in your story because again we started by saying hey you know uh, it'd be easy to think that this, this trip, this life that we're living in McCall, Idaho, currently, where most of us are working while on the road, is something that uh, can, you know, why aren't, why aren't people there? You know, you get, you're in your story you're like, why can't I be where so-and-so is at? Mm-hmm. That's like the universal trap, is like wanting to be where someone else is at. But one of the things that I want to highlight is that, dude, you had several critical decisions where you had to put something on the line. You had the opportunity to join the Strong Coach in the first place. you got to put it on the line, all of your savings. Oh, you have an opportunity to maybe be a full-time coach, but maybe not. And then it's like somebody tells you to put up or shut up, you put it on the line. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Uh, and, and, and even just leading in general in the Strong Coach community, you had to put yourself out on the line, so to speak. Allow yourself to be wrong. Allow yourself to, to make these critical decisions. So if I can hope to draw, uh, bring something from your story into the present uh, story that we're telling on the podcast is that to get what you want, to get this life that maybe appeals to you, um, it's not going to be easy decision after easy decision. It's going to be tough decision after tough decision. And um, we talked about earlier on the mountain yesterday where at first people are used to keeping things that they don't like. Like somebody tells them that they have to show up a certain way. They have to work this job. And so the big realization for them is like, oh, man, I don't I don't have to do all of this stuff that I don't like. And then we go through this like clearing out the clutter side of things and we clear out the clutter and we think that that's done. But then eventually to get what we want, we have to start foregoing things that we like. And making decisions on putting our attention and putting something on the line, and sometimes that's something that we like. And like you said, you could do Beauty and the Beast again. It's something that you like.
1: I drop this all. If if someone wants me to play the Beast, I'll like send me the audition notice. I'll <laughs> drop it all to play the Beast again. Yes,
0: yes. But you also had to drop it all to get this too. Exactly. And uh, that, man. I think what's so beautiful about your story is that you're just like constantly. Uh, it seems from the outside looking in like letting go of old story, you know, letting go of old beliefs and not just like doing it, but also sharing that you're doing it. And that takes a lot of courage. So, dude, we've made it pretty far, like 20 minutes or so without even a single question, not one prompt. That's what I'm talking about. So what are you serious about now?
1: Right now. I am serious about growing the strong coach. Mm. Because I've I've drawn a direct correlation between the strong coach's growth and how epic my life gets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like the the more like you know how in terms of how epic my life gets, I've got like broad stroke ideas. I don't feel the need to like chip those down. And I'm going to do this 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 exactly like this. So by focusing then on the strong coach, I know I'm growing all of that other stuff and i can allow all of that to flow around and evolve um and then the the concrete thing that i'm focusing on is the strong coach and the global impact that we're going to make which has begun already
0: yeah truly begun already we have uh, community members that are outside of the U S like quite a few now. And it seems to be growing populations in Europe and even some Asian nations. From what I understand, is that correct?
1: Yeah. And, uh, we're, we've got Australia too. Oh there are yeah. Some
0: fire breather coaches. Oy. in Australia. Oh, oh man, st- I'm stoked. Oh, that's awesome. Well, what do you do for fun?
1: What I do for fun, huh? I uh, invite all my friends to come get Airbnbs in mountain towns. Yeah, my sister. When I was telling her about this, she said, "Oh, so did you all just decide to to go converge on Idaho?" And I said, "No, I decided <laughs> we're gonna yeah. converge on Idaho yeah. and re- like really put this thing in motion to bring all of these people together mm. because that's that's something that fills my cup is." being in groups like i've noticed like for for danny rios when he gets excited he starts spouting off ideas Mm. because he's a really creative person mike's face of the brand when he gets excited he hops on his instagram and uh facetimes with the people when i get excited i'm like bring it in everybody Mm. let's all get together and do this Mm. and i've had so many times when I've been in groups like this where it's been in like a structured retreat setting and the most mind blowing shit happens, excuse me, in the moments in between the actual structured stuff that you're doing. Like you and Brady just recorded a podcast right before ours and then we're shooting the shit afterwards and you suddenly drop spiritual DJ on him.
0: <laughs> and we all lost our goddamn
1: minds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that happened in normal conversation. Yeah, it's very organic. And that's what too what I love doing with this is normalizing extraordinary things. Like I I have a thing that I do called office of the day. And it is me going to the most peculiar places I can find. Where there's cell phone service, where I can coach people, mm. I've done it from the, I've done it from rest stop parking lots. <laughs> I've done it, I've done it from, uh, where was a really good one? I've done it from mountaintops in Tahoe National Forest. I've like, I've been doing all of that and like getting out there, and again normalizing it. Making it like, yeah, this is just what I do on Tuesday. Mm. Is I go out in the mountains and I do my work. Yeah. And that's, like, that is a big part of what this mission that I'm on is of bringing people into this kind of
0: lifestyle. Dude, Be- there is so much power in the invitation. Like, I, I whether it's a coach... Say, say you're a coach, we'll, we'll, we'll use coaches because that's an easy language that we can get on right now. If you're a coach, how often are you inviting people to work with you? How often are you actually asking? Not just saying, hey, this is what I do. If you want my offer, click this button. But like literally reaching out to someone via a call or via a voice note and saying, i would love to invite you to work with me there's just something about you that i'm really drawn to i would love an opportunity to serve you you know like the invitation is so powerful and this house is a perfect example of the power of the invitation hey i'm going to do something epic you want to come and now mr uh, beauty and the beast has assembled his own cast of characters yeah, he loves being in groups, you don't say. He <laughs> loves working in groups and t- creating magic together, you don't say. Who needs Beauty and the Beast? We have Benjoy Walker to bring in this amazing cast of characters and we can have these magical moments, just like you're saying, uh, uh, behind the scenes. It wasn't just what you saw on the stage. It was those little in-between moments that made shows, those can Ben change characters mid-show <laughs> moves, <laughs> oh you God. know, that type of thing. You didn't know that was accessible. Just like we didn't realize spiritual DJ was accessible on the conversation, we get outside of that that in-between moment. We're in-between scenes. on in between the scene where I do it with Brady, and I'm on to the scene where I do it with uh, uh, Ben, and now this magic has come out in between. It, it literally feels like performance art. This this experience that we're having. Uh that is funny. <laughs> hey,
1: it it all it all comes around full circle.
0: Like here's this is
1: oh this is a perfect example. Because what one of the things I, I talk about with goal setting. That's oh I love doing goal setting. Mm. Um shout out to anyone if you want to do goal setting hit me up. Holler at ben. I am all about this. He will help you stretch the, your yes, goals oh, a lot. please let's do it. Let's do it. Especially if it's a nomadic goal. I got you. Um So my goal in college, senior year, one of our teachers asked, what's your five-year goal? And I said, I want to be on Broadway. (sighs) Straight up. Straight face. I was like, that's it. I'm doing it. And as I got closer to it and felt myself pulled in other directions, that stopped being my goal. Then in trying to explain this job that I have now to my parents – they were like, "Oh, I mean, we're excited, but we just don't understand what you're doing." Mm. And I said, "And any Hamilton fans out here, you'll get this." Mom, I'm on Broadway, and Lin Manuel Miranda just asked me to go live with him.
0: <laughs>
1: and then she went, "Oh, oh, I get it." And then a couple like a couple of weeks later, I went oh, my God, I'm on Broadway. Yeah. I'm doing the coaching equivalent of Broadway. It's been five years since I graduated college. Yes, brother. So those same things come back around. So there's times, so many times, when I'm, quote, using my degree Mm. while I'm doing everything that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Like being on being on podcasts like this is part of it being in front of a camera eventually being on stage in front of 5000 people which not my biggest crowd yeah. that I've ever been in front of <laughs> like that's going to be easy yeah and that's all because of this this experience that i have of like i don't even need to think about so so many things because they're already integrated from musical theater
0: mm. damn dude Ooh, dude! <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. a good one, isn't it? Somebody's somebody's gonna want to get in con- contact with you. How do they do that?
1: You can find me on Instagram at BenJoyWalker, or you can go to BuiltByBenFitness.com. dot com. I've got some fitness resources up there, especially for coaches who are strapped for time and looking for something new in their workout.
0: Hell yeah. Um, Dude. Thank you. Anything else you want to leave, leave the crowd with?
1: You can't be careful on a skateboard.
0: (laughs) That's it. Go get it. Go get you a skateboard. We are complete. That's it, everybody. Thanks for showing out and showing up today. Ben, catch up with you homies on the other side. Peace. Thank you for listening to this serious fun conversation with Ben Walker. This show is brought to you by you. If you like the show, you can rate it five stars, leave a kind comment or support by heading over to the donation page, which is linked in the show notes. You can subscribe monthly or you can make a one time donation. Thank you again and we'll see you next time. Joy Walker, the performance artist. There's always a good encore. Oh, sir. Shit. oh <laughs> shit! Encore! Here people are go. like, "I want more! I want more!" So we're gonna give them a little bit more. Okay. Will you please do me an honor? Yeah. What is that? Will you please tell people about your experience seeing The King Says Yes for the first time?
1: Oh yes, I absolutely will.
0: I want. I just. I man. It, it it's gonna mean the world to me. Thank you for doing yes.
1: this. Oh, so watching you was so cool because you immediately set the the tone from the first word you said. We were in it perfectly. Yeah, <laughs> breathe that in. <laughs> <And> <laughs> breathe then in it in. <laughs> what what I loved the most were actually the silences like where you just sat down hit the music we had lights going and you just sat there and smoked a joint yeah (laughs) (laughs) and we watched and were
0: entertained Mm -hmm. watching you smoke this joint
1: yeah
0: well how are you going to tell a story about jamaica and not smoke a joint exactly it, it can't be done it can't be done what did you take away from the story?
1: What I took away from the story, which was was very was very cool, is uh, it wasn't like a crazy fireworks in action story. And you told that story and had us wrapped in that kind of attention. Mm. like edge of our seat attention. And that there's so much power in that. And something I I talk to coaches a lot about is the basics to you are going to rock people's world. So you don't need all the flashy stuff. Mm. Teach them how to squat. Totally. And right there, you didn't need anything flashy. Like, I was entertained watching you smoke a joint. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Look, man, there's just something. There's a reason that storytelling precedes writing. There's a reason that that sense of being in the circle while the story is being told, you know, that shared experience of storytelling and like to be able to, one, channel this new experience that I didn't know was accessible to me. Like I've only like freaking soul splitting my consciousness somehow into three places because I can feel my toes to the tip of my head. I can feel my breathing. I can literally feel my respiratory rate shifting and my heart rate shifting. I'm just like way in there. And I know exactly what's going on in the room. I knew exactly where everyone's attention was, and I knew how to use the space. And as I'm telling the story, like, dude, I am in Jamaica, bro. Like, I am with my friends, and I can smell the smells of the salt in the air on the island or, like, going through a particularly more jungly place. And so storytelling is such a sensual experience, and it's so powerful. And, like, you being a coach makes so much sense as to why your coaching is so powerful because you understand th- the theater of it all. You, know, you understand that it's like, look, behind the scenes is a lot less magical than the show that you're watching. And people are watching the show going, I wanna be a character in the show. And you go, okay, we're gonna teach you all of that. And they, <laughs> they buy into the vision of being in the show and then you show them what's behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, I remember being in a big theater lecture class And our our teacher pointed out the musical theater majors and was like, yeah, like they're studying musical theater performance really intensely. And we heard one girl behind us be like, oh, that must be nice. Just sing and dance all day. And we were all (laughs) like, oh, please come try it. Yeah. Come try it. It's really nice. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) You're going to, this is, yeah, you're going to try to try doing doing a dance class after you're getting your soul ripped open and doing it by, because you couldn't get your scene right. Yes.
0: Come my guest oh my god man seriously and uh i guess the the encore is to just tell people like there are ways and people that can help you tell your story in a more more uh uh, intentional way and one thing that the strong coach does for business owners coaches and business owners that it helps you tell your story to your clients in a way that they're going to understand what i've been been able to really uh, uh, uh step into this year is me owning that I love telling stories to teach lessons. That's the way that I coach. Is I guide people towards these understandings and and lessons. And, you know, an hour long fitness class just wasn't really enough for me. (laughs) It just wasn't enough, you know, because you don't have time to soak in the detail. You don't have time to really like be with the experience. It's, you know, warm up to you know this thing to that thing to getting your movements right to jumping into the workout to funneling them out of the class. Meanwhile, the music's on in the background to try to keep you from focusing on what's happening. You know, it's like, well, just listen to the music and don't feel your body, right? And like, we lost it. I lost a lot of bit of my ability to tell my story because of my physical self. I was like tuning my body's expression out. And yeah, like I said, just to mirror something back, it's like you because you understand theater, the way that you've been able to help people uh, uh, own their own story in their coaching has been really magical to watch because people are coming out class after class after class. Like uh, we have a mutual friend, Blake Connor, who's come out on the other side, like really owning his story and really telling it in a compelling way. And so um, thank you for the the work that you're doing in your profession and outside of your profession.
1: Thank you for recognizing that it's. That's what I'm here for.
0: Yeah, dude. Thank you, man. Nuggets. Bye, everybody. That's the end of the show.